I literally was just notified by an old sugar daddy about OnlyFans announcing they are no longer going to allow sexually explicit content on their site starting October 1st of this year. I guess they are tired of making money, you guys. It's crazy. So I have actually been spending a good amount of time today setting up my just for fans because rather than waiting until october to move all of my content and everything i figure i'm going to start now and i'm going to start on a couple different things because i'm not sure where everyone from OnlyFans is going to end up moving but i definitely want it to get in on this right away i definitely want to be with the big move i don't want to be behind the curve so i did a little bit of research and I'm really, really intrigued by this one place called Just Four Dot Fans, and it's set up actually pretty awesomely. And so far, I've been really impressed. I haven't been verified yet, so I haven't made any posts yet, but I have begun the process. And once I do, um, rather than having an account like I have on OnlyFans for so long, I am going to do a subscription. I'm doing tiered subscription, and so it's very simple basically five dollars a month and you get all my nudes ten dollars a month and you get solo content plus the nudes and twenty dollars a month gets everything all the porn from your girl ellie so what i like about this is that you know since i'm kind of switching my strategy up a little bit i'm going to be able to post everything that i've posted on OnlyFans on my just for fans and it's under subscription, so it's no longer that you have to pay to see it. So now anybody who transfers from my OnlyFans to my Just for Fans doesn't have to repay for individual content. They're just paying the subscription to see all of my content. So it's still fair, it still is a great system. Perfect. My other option, if Just for Fans doesn't seem to take off, would be mini vids. Okay, this has been around for I don't even know how long, whatever. You can just sell video content. It's a good platform. It should be good. I'm open to that. I have no problem with it. However, I really do like the setup of Just for Fans. I'm kind of hoping that that one works out. But yeah, absolutely nuts, you guys. <laughs> I can't honestly believe OnlyFans is doing this. They're going to lose everyone. <laughs> it's literally what this site is about. And even if they're allowing some nudity, et cetera, et cetera, the fact that they're undermining sex workers like this just puts a bad taste in my mouth, and it's kind of what they're there for. And so because this country, I guess, because the world still has such a sex-negative attitude and doesn't support sex workers and doesn't support adult content, I just... You know, I want to move somewhere that does. And I read an article that interviewed the founder of Just for Fans. And this person is super sex positive, uh, adult content positive, sex work positive. And I really liked what he had to say. Obviously, he's really promoting his product right now. So he's going to come off like that, right? But uh, I'm going kind of with my, with my gut on this, right? So that's why I'm moving to Just for Fans. So if you are unaware of what Just for Fans is, go check it out. It looks like a pretty decent platform. I'm not sure if it's going to be as smooth sailing as OnlyFans. Uh, so yeah, let's discover this together. If it doesn't work out, mini vids 
it is. I'm sorry that this episode is coming out so late, you guys. Uh, Bear with me on that. Before I start the main content of this episode, I do want to give a little shout out um, to our sisters on the other side of the world in Afghan. Now, I don't want this podcast to ever be political. However, this topic has been nonstop on my mind for a couple days now, as I'm sure it has been on all of your guys' minds, and the fear that they have to be experiencing, um, the fear that I'm secondhand experiencing for them is just really intense. And so because this is such a like sex-forward platform, because we are so forward in this space and in this community on Instagram, on social media, within the podcasting community. I'm sure I'm not the only sex podcast you listen to. Because we engage in this kind of thinking, I think it's really important to be aware of what's going on, acknowledge what's going on, and there will be some resources and show notes as to what you can do, how to spread awareness, and any kind of donating you can do to help Uh, Afghan people and Afghan women. So that's all I'm going to say on it. I did want to say something, however, just because it's been so heavy on my mind lately and I can only imagine what they're going through. Without further ado, though, I do want to talk in this episode a little bit about some things I've talked with sugar daddies recently, just have come to my mind, come to my attention. And then last but not least, some tips to be more confident going into your sugar dating if you've never done it before. (gasps) Ellie, what? Oh my god, you talked about sex? Lately, I have talked with sugar daddies a lot about their previous history on seeking arrangements and just their stories. Everybody has stories who's been a sugar baby or a sugar daddy, right? Sadly, though, the most common thing that I hear about and that happens is just people not showing up for a meet and greet or for a first date. People getting cold feet. People just not being able to follow through. So in my opinion, if you're going to go through the work to make a profile, to talk to sugar daddies and get to the point where you're going to meet in person and then you're too scared to actually do it, I think that either A, sugar dating isn't for you and you should just acknowledge that, be okay with that. It's not for everybody. It can be very exhausting. Sometimes we want to do things that's just not healthy for us mentally and physically, and there's nothing wrong with that. And or maybe, just maybe, you're not framing it in your mind correctly. And what I mean by this is that you think that it's something that it's not. If you have set up this arrangement properly, if you have followed my advice and the advice I'm going to give in this podcast particularly, it shouldn't be so scary. Honestly, it should feel... Just the only type of fear you should be feeling is the same kind of maybe butterflies you get before a Tinder date. It's nothing more. It's nothing worse. So I'm going to go through some some tips about how you can build that confident confidence and just how you can like approach the whole situation a little bit better. So maybe you don't have to go through that anxiety and the stress and the fear of starting something that you're completely new to. I definitely had that. I definitely had to break through that. But it's all about your mentality. 
So we're going to talk about that. But first of all, I want to kind of go back to what I was saying about how it's not for everybody. First of all, I think there are some personality traits that thrive as a sugar baby better than others. And I'm not saying that you have to have these or this is how you have to be to be a sugar baby. However, I am saying that for me, this has helped tremendously. First of all, that I'm a good listener. Okay. Um, This just really comes into the kind of conversations that you're having with sugar daddies or potential sugar daddies. They are there for specific reasons. They need something from you okay and a lot of times it's sexual but many 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 times many more times I would argue it's a lot more than that it's to feel needed it's to feel wanted it's to feel affirmed and it's for some intimacy and a lot of people get intimacy from touch and from sex and from uh sexual connections etc and that's why it's so often a big part of the relationship and the arrangement and that's why so often it's included and they're not interested in something platonic it's because a lot of people feel those things through the sexual connection but you have to be able to offer that in the entirety of your relationship and arrangement and the entirety of dates which means you have to be able to facilitate a conversation in which they are feeling good and happy you can you have to be ready to kind of carry it a lot of times right and sometimes there's absolutely no chemistry there's absolutely no connection and it's just like impossible to have a conversation between two people that is why you have a meet and greet which we're going to talk about later but you still have to be kind of emotionally prepared to carry a conversation maybe more so than you would with somebody who you want to enter a traditional relationship with because You want somebody who's going to be putting the same effort in that specific area in as you. But in this case, that's not what they're putting into their relationship. They're putting in financial support, mentorship, etc. They're not putting in that kind of interpersonal, social effort. Okay, that's what they need from you. So you have to be prepared to give that and it can be exhausting and it's not for everybody. So being a listener and being able to ask questions and get somebody talking for themselves and about things that they enjoy talking about is really important, making them feel important. Maybe you want to date sugar daddies who have expertise in a specific area or who can help you network in a specific area because it's going to be easier for you to facilitate those those conversations if you're genuinely interested in what you're talking about right that's what I do if I don't have any type of connection intellectually with somebody it's really difficult for me to do this so I specifically want to connect with sugar daddies who do the things I'm interested in. This is oftentimes very easy for me because I'm super attracted to business and entrepreneurship and a lot of sugar daddies, that's what they do. Secondly, the thing I'll say, unfortunately, it is entirely about sex, okay? How do you view sex and what is it emotionally to you? Is it something that is always super personal, super intimate, a super connection, Or is it something that you can kind of separate per the scene? For me, I enjoy many different sexual experiences, as you guys probably know by now. And so I've kind of learned to separate 
different sexual experiences differently in my head. So if I have a really intense BDSM scene with my partner, that is not something I consider like a super like loving, intimate, vanilla, soft kisses, gazing into the eyes. Like those are two different sexual experiences. One is not better than the other, but they're, you're, the connection is like different things are flowing between you two in those different scenarios. Okay. Sometimes it's very strict, defined dynamics, right? You're bonding with that person over trust, over vulnerability, over pain. And other times you're bonding with that person over sharing love, being able to look into their eyes and see that they love you and being able to give that back to them. So there's always different things that are flowing and being able to recognize that and being able to categorize those in your head is a really awesome skill to have if you're doing something like sugar dating or escorting or any type of sex work because these are situations where you want to be enjoying yourself and getting pleasure in some way right you don't want to be miserable and they're going to know if you're miserable but you also don't want to be doing the same stuff that you do with a primary partner or with somebody who you you want that really deep meaningful love with because that's not what sugar dating is the most of the time right So being able to do that, being able to kind of view sex as something that's very complex and also you can categorize very easily is really important. All right, last but not least, you guys, tips for more confidence going into your first sugar date. Number one, like I have preached since the beginning of this podcast, always start with a meet and greet, okay? You always start at a public place doing something very chill and traditional like getting coffee or cocktails and you just plan to chit chat you plan to see if you get along with that person if you're attracted to that person if the conversation flows because that's a huge telltale sign of if the arrangement's going to work out and if you have a desire to see them again do not underestimate the the power and the importance of needing to actually want to hang out with them again Something I've learned in my years of doing this is that if I'm not excited to see them again or I'm not interested in them in a way of I want to hang out with them, it never happens. There's always a reason to cancel a date. There's always a reason not to go. And so you want to set these meet and greets up as soon as you can before you lose interest because you haven't met them in person, so that's not fair. You want to meet with them as soon as you can. If you don't talk arrangement stuff first, that's okay. Usually I say to do that, but actually my tip number two is if it helps, don't talk about arrangement stuff before you meet them. All right, so this one is super subjective and a lot of people might disagree with me on this, but here's the deal. If you don't like the person and you don't connect with them, the arrangement's not going anywhere. So if it makes you more comfortable to not think of this as an arrangement or something new that you haven't done before, if that's the part of sugar dating that scares you, do the meet and greet without ever talking sugar. See if you like them, see if you get along, see if there's a good connection and a good conversation and you want to see them again. And then worry about talking about arrangement details. 
many times you want to get this out of the way because why would you want to waste time on a meet and greet if you already can decipher that they're not going to be able to give you what you want. However, if you're new to this, it's okay to have to spend a half an hour and get free coffee because they're going to buy you your coffee. I mean, it's $4. If they're not willing to buy you your coffee, then they're definitely not worth it again. They're going to buy you your coffee. You get free coffee. <laughs> you get a free drink. And tip number three is to always have an out. We're going to get to that. So it's not like you're wasting a ton of time on this. But it's okay to treat this like a normal date a normal date from somebody you met on online dating like tinder or hinge or something it's okay to treat it like that rather than a sugar dating experience if it makes you more confident and more comfortable going into it now number three like i was saying have an out right so when you're planning this meet and greet say i only have until this time make it like 30 minutes that's plenty that's more than enough time to know if you're going to want to see them again Make it 30 minutes. Be like, hey, this is all the time I have. I have to leave at that time. If you say that before the meet, it's not awkward to leave. You know, it is an easy out. You can also, you know, go as far as having um, some code or lingo with a friend and they can call you. You can have your escape route if that's something that you're used to doing or you're comfortable with or gives you more confidence going into it. Personally, that's not a me thing, but feel free to do that. Tip number four go somewhere you're comfortable go somewhere that you know now safety caution on this don't go where you go every single day don't go somewhere you're going to be sad never going to again but also don't go somewhere so new that it stresses you out more because you don't know where to park you don't know how long it takes to get there you don't know those things Go somewhere that you're familiar with because then there's less distractions. I mean, you don't want to overload yourself with things that don't matter, right? Like, I don't know exactly how long it's going to take to get there or how long it's going to take for me to find a parking spot and then how long it's going to take for me to walk from that parking spot to this place. Those are just unnecessary stressors when you're already stressed about something that you've never done before and new and you're not sure if you should be doing. Who knows what's going through your mind? you don't need that stuff. So again, don't invite them to the coffee shop that you go work at every single day. But also, don't try going somewhere crazy, bizarre, new, and stressful that is just going to put unknown factors in that could stress you out more. That's just silly. And here's the kicker, okay? If you follow everything I just said, suddenly this isn't a stressful sugar date of like you entering a world that is so crazy and so new to you and so scary and you feel so judged for suddenly now this is no big deal it's like a tinder date it's like something that doesn't matter anymore and suddenly you're able to go into this with confidence way more confidence than if this is some scary sugar date that's you're feeling super vulnerable about because you're unsure if this is something you're going to enjoy don't make it that at first if this is what it takes to get yourself there to meet somebody and maybe have an awesome arrangement with them do it you can set this up you can do what you need to do for your own mental health your own physical health and your own confidence that's what i have to say about giving yourself confidence to make that first meet and greet happen you guys, 
August 20th, 2021. It's exactly my one year anniversary to being collared. And that makes me incredibly happy. Now, I know I've told this story before, but what's interesting is I was collared almost on a whim. We we fell for each other very quickly and we wanted it very quickly, but we were both like, I know this is a big deal. We probably shouldn't be jumping in this fast. So like, we're going to call it something else. But he collared me for a trip um, to kind of have that ownership aspect for a vacation, for a trip that he was taking me on. And afterwards, you know, I wanted to keep the collar on. And so obviously we had that conversation and I did. And it's been magical. And now I have been collared for a year and it's been going splendidly. So that just goes to show that everybody's experience with this kind of stuff is different. To me, it means a fuck ton. It's a huge sign of commitment, right? And yet, my story of getting to being collared is like, what? Crazy, right? So it's just, it's different for everybody. Everybody has their own journey. And the collar means what you decide it means. And it's a beautiful symbol. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's a happy thing. It makes me smile. So yeah, if you guys want to talk to me about that kind of stuff, feel free. I'm always down to talk about anything sub, anything BDSM, anything sugar. If you guys have more questions that came up or you thought of while listening to this episode about maybe your first time trying to sugar or anything else, if you're confused about what's happening with OnlyFans, you guys can reach me at Ellie Sugar Ray on Instagram or Twitter and definitely follow the podcast at Sugar Puss Pod on Instagram and Twitter and catch me next week for another episode of Sugar Pussy. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am your host, Ellie Ray. Ray.